Hi, my name is John Kim, and I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth. I share my feelings and revelations. I believe in casual or clinical and with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. Let's start with a quote. Caring works, caretaking doesn't. But we can learn to walk the line between the two. Melanie Beattie. This episode is about caretaking versus caregiving. Let me explain. Under the umbrella of codependency, which has been a super popular topic, especially with uh, my text. So this has become a series, and this episode, again, is about caretaking versus caregiving. We as people are dependent on other people, and that is okay to an extent. There should be some dependency when it comes to how you engage with others and how you both build that relationship together. The day-to-day requires dependency, but there's a difference between healthy dependency and unhealthy dependency. Unhealthy dependency is when you start to lose your sense of self in the relationship. At the end of the day, codependency is the need to be needed so much that that's what the relationship hangs on. People who are codependent find their identity through the other person, their relationship, or more accurately, or more accurately, the mirror that their partner is holding up. Codependents tie their worth and value to feeling needed, fixing others, and caretaking. They want people to feel dependent on them because it makes them feel important. This then becomes a priority in a codependent's life and how they start to define love. That's when dependency becomes unhealthy. Codependency is enmeshment. Instead of doing life with someone, On your own set of tracks, you're doing life on top of someone. Get your mind out of the gutter. Two people blending into one person, one identity, one thing, instead of two whole individual people living their own best lives. The reason why codependency is so prevalent in addiction is because addicts need someone. They depend on someone, and that dependency is very attractive to the codependent who feels value and gets their worth from that dependency. Therapist Darlene Lancer states that codependents have a habit of ignoring their needs and constantly putting those of others first. They end up self-sacrificing. By not having boundaries, they harm themselves and the relationship. They might also confuse love with being someone's caretaker. But not all caretaking is unhealthy. Healthy caretaking isn't called caretaking, it's called caregiving. And it's a lot different caretaking. All right, so let's talk about this, caretaking versus caregiving. Darlene Lancer explains that caregiving is a normal outgrowth of love and is also part of healthy adult relationships. When someone we love is in need, we naturally want to help. With codependent caretaking, often there's more taking than giving. The caretaker's objectives can subtly take precedence. This is because caregiving comes from abundance and caretaking from need and deprivation. Caretaking can become so habitual that it enables and disables the recipient so that he or she doesn't take responsibility for his or her behavior and needs. Now due to the lack of boundaries, caretaking eventually negatively impacts the relationship as a whole. 
When one partner acts as a caretaker of the other, it creates an imbalance in unhealthy mutual dependency slash codependency. The caretaker doesn't have to be as authentic and vulnerable as his or her partner. The caretaker feels needed and superior and at the same time is assured that his or her partner won't leave before long help turns into or at least feels like control and the relationship becomes more imbalanced. Over time, both end up feeling guilty and angry. The more a caretaker becomes invested in the problems of his or her partner, the more that advice and control characterize the dynamic between them. What may have started out as an act of love devolves into resentment when well-meaning advice or wisdom isn't followed. Darlene Lancer, 2015. So how can you tell the difference? All right, here are some of the traits of each. Caretaker sacrifices self, self-righteous about own uh, opinions. Helping is compulsive, feels responsible for others. As I'm reading this list, ask yourself if you're a caretaker or a caregiver. We'll be right back after this brief message. This episode is brought to you by Skillshare. Listen, make 2020 a year where you can explore new skills, deepening existing passions, and get lost in creativity. I talk a lot about creativity and the power of creativity and how that mindset opens you wide for amazing things to happen. Skillshare is an online learning community that offers membership with meaning. So much to explore, real projects to create, and the support of fellow creatives. I've used Skillshare to learn how to podcast better. I've used Skillshare to learn how to blog better. I've used Skillshare to execute structure in my content. I'm going to right now give you two months free. Just go to Skillshare.com forward slash angry. Skillshare.com forward slash angry for two months of Skillshare absolutely for free. This is a year that you can exercise your creativity muscles. You have absolutely no more excuses. Go check out Skillshare. Caretaker uh, crosses boundaries with unsolicited advice, is judgmental, knows what's best for others, gives with strings attached or expectations, feels exhausted, irritated, frustrated, anxious, feels unappreciated or resentful, discourages others from thinking or uh, from thinking for themselves, uses non-assertive, pushy, judging, you statements, tries to control recipient. Now, here is um, some traits from a caregiver. Practices self-care, respects others' opinions, helping is, helping is, uh, is, uh, it's optional, it's uh, extended, right? It's not mandatory. Um, Feels responsible for self and to others. Respects boundaries. Waits to be asked for advice. Man, that's a big one. Feels love and empathy. Knows what's best for self. Gives freely without expectations. Feels energized. Doesn't take others' others' actions personally. Encourages others to solve their own problems. Uses assertive I statements. Supports recipient. Along with some more examples. Uh, caretaking feels stressful, exhausting, and frustrating. Uh, caregiving feels right and feels like love. It's re- it re-energizes and inspires you. Caretaking crosses boundaries. Caregiving honors them. Caretaking takes from the recipient or gives with strings attached. Caregiving gives freely. Caretakers don't practice self-care because they mistake 
they mistakenly believe it is a selfish act. Caregivers practice self-care unabashedly because they know that keeping themselves happy enables them to be of service to others. Caretakers worry. Caregivers take action and solve problems. Caretakers think they know what's best for the others. Caregivers only know what's best for themselves. Caretakers don't trust others' abilities to care for themselves. Caregivers trust others enough to allow them to activate their own inner guidance and problem-solving capabilities. Caretaking creates anxiety and or depression in the caretaker. Caregiving decreases anxiety and or depression in the caregiver. Caretakers tend to attract needy people. Caregivers tend to attract healthy people. Hint, we tend to attract people who are slightly above or below our own level of mental health. Caretakers tend to be judgmental. Caregivers don't see the logic in judging others and practice a live and let live attitude. Caretakers start fixing when a problem rises for someone else. Caregivers empathize fully, letting the other person know they are not alone and loving ask, lovingly ask, what are you going to do about that? Caretakers start fixing when the problem arises. Caregivers respectfully wait to be asked for help or asked to help. Caretakers tend to be dramatic in their caretaking and focus on the problem. Caregivers can create dy- dramatic results by focusing on the solutions. Caretakers use the word you a lot and caregivers say I more. They use I statements. Alright, codependent caretaking with the ill or disabled. Now, codependent caretaking can also occur and damage those who are taking care of loved ones who are physically or ill uh, or disabled. I don't know if I want to really get get into this topic. I mean, I think it's important, but... um, Let's 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 move on to how we heal. A lot of people grow out of codependency um, by going through dysfunction, pain, being controlled, or hitting their rock bottom. I'm jumping also due to time because I want to keep my podcast um, in a shot class, ten minutes. I don't want to these to, these episodes to, to go above that. Uh, you will realize that you no longer want to be someone's servant or dependent. This is when the relationship changes and people start outgrowing each other. But first, they have to dig through the trenches in order to realize that they are codependent and start growing from it. This, of course, it starts with awareness, right? You're realizing this. The best way to outgrow, grow out of codependency uh, is by seeing a therapist and processing through it, right? You need to learn about how you are wired, what comes up for you, why you do the things you do, why you're attracted to certain types of people, and actually... Uh, study the dynamic of the relationships you are in or you were in. You must study yourself and why you gravitate towards certain people that bring the codependent out in you. Once you start doing that, you're going to start to have revelations. You're going to have um, revelations that, uh, requ- that encourage you to start making different choices, which then lead to different experiences. So if you're a caretaker, ask yourself and um, answer these questions regarding caretaking. What are the payoffs? Or benefits of this role? How does it affect you and your relationships? What are the drawbacks of your behavior on yourself and others? Once you've begun to examine these, um, what's once you've begun to examine what's behind your compulsive helping, that's the first domino, right? Now, here's some ways to try to move forward. Trying to say no to a few. Uh, requests per week, 
this is all the stuff that's uncomfortable for you because you're not wired or, or this way, you're not used to this. Uh, countering thoughts such as, I have to help them, I'm the only one who can, uh, with, I'm not responsible, I'm not helping by doing everything for them. Uh, committing to at least 15 minutes to yourself each day, right? Self-care, self, uh, your relationship with self, whether you use time uh, to take a short walk or meditation, uh, in my case, ride a motorcycle, go work out, whatever it is that connects you to you, just as long as that's for you. Be transparent to others that you're trying to focus more on yourself right now and that you can't help them at this time. You may uh, initially be thrown off and that might be really uncomfortable, but if they don't understand that, then you know, are they really your friends? When you feel the urge to swoop in and take control, try doing the opposite. Step back and just see what happens. Uh, see how it feels for you and observe what happens with the other person. And finally, some of the time, each use some of the time each day that you would spend worrying about someone else to think about your own interests and dreams. Invest in yourself. That was an example of one of the Google Docs that I text out every Friday. Um, it's roughly six pages, and I pretty much uh, read it, wrote it, and read it to you. And uh, if you want uh, the Google Docs, just uh, you could sign up, subscribe at the Inger Therapist on Instagram. Click my bio link, or just go to theangrytherapist.com, my website. Thank you for listening. Ask yourself. Are you a caretaker or a caregiver? Listen, if you are great at helping other people and you have a passion for that and you want to find personal freedom and level up the skills you already have, it's time to become a life coach. When I became a coach, there was nothing like this out there. And so I developed this coaching training program alongside Noel Cordo, Journey Coaching, that's J-R-N-I, and it is amazing. It's 100% live. It's everything that I wish I had when I was starting out. Meaningful, evidence-based education, real people, real community, lifetime support, and business development. ICF certified. Just go to theangrytherapist.com, my website, and click on Become a Coach and explore the Journey Coaching Intensive. See you in class. Hey, before you go... If you like my ramblings and revelations and shares, I am now texting people directly to their phone. Just go to my website, theangrytherapist.com. If you want to subscribe, I'll be doing weekly texts, five days a week, reminders and also uh, mindsets and uh, exercises and challenges. And every week there will be a different theme, a different topic. So I hope to see you in your phone. And also, if you enjoy this conversation, I hope you help me uh, spread the dialogue and help other people by sharing it. You never know what people need to hear. So if it's helped you, I hope you uh, can help me help others.